Welcome back to In The Loop, a WordPress agency podcast by Blackbird Digital. I'm Corey Hugert, and in this episode, Phil Hoyt and I interview Ali Nimmons of Media Productions, also a LinkedIn learning instructor for WordPress and co-host of the Underrepresented in Tech podcast. We talk about Ali's path through WordPress and how her background in theater complemented those skills, as well as the thrills and challenges of creating educational content for rapidly developing software like Gutenberg. If you have any questions about WordPress website development, contributing, or anything else web-related that you'd like to hear us discuss, send an email to podcast at blackbird.digital. You can also find us on Twitter as inthelope underscore WP. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome. Hi, Ali. It's so it's such a pleasure and honor to have you on the podcast uh, today. Uh, and thank you again so much for uh, reaching out to us and you know saying, "Hey, can can I be on the show?" And uh, also, um, <laughs> I know we need to update uh, our our website a little bit. That that is in the works, by the way. But it's I know we talked about it being in the works in January and it's still in the works. So, uh, but <laughs> thanks for giving me some pointers there. <laughs> Not at all. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, today we also have Phil. Hey, how you doing? Um, so uh, I would usually start with uh, sort of tell us a little bit about yourself and how you use WordPress kind of question, but I'm pretty sure that's probably going to be this entire episode. So um, can you kind of give us a summary of uh, sort of a timeline of where you started with WordPress and uh, where you've ended up? And then maybe we can go back and delve into parts of it. Yeah, sure. Um, so my journey with WordPress started when I dropped out of college because I didn't want to major in theater anymore. Um, I didn't like my program and it was like massively competitive and I didn't want to do the whole starving artist thing. Um, and I had a long background in theater ever since I was small, but I was like, I don't know if this is what I want to do for a career. Uh, but so I sat down and I was like, well, what, what can I do in that same like theater vein? That's very collaborative and creative and process oriented. And, you know, I like, I like having a, something to show at the end of that process, like a final result. Um, and yeah, in my, in my musings about that web design came up. Um, because building a website is uh, deceptively similar to putting on a, a production. So um, I started teaching myself HTML and CSS out of library books, which is uh, such a <laughs> such a weird thing to do <laughs> to write code uh, with a pencil and a notebook by hand. Um, but I was like, I want to learn like the basics and like how this actually works and how things are structured and the curly brackets and all of that stuff. And as I learned and started actually using the computer to write code and so on, I realized that I really did not like coding. That's not <laughs> my path. That's not my journey. I enjoyed the process of like designing a website. And like, I liked all of the things that I started learning about, like color theory and typography and like, you know, UI UX sort of things. Um, but I really hated actually writing the code. But I, I stuck with it and I applied for a job at an agency in early 2015 um, as a junior web developer, which I thought sounded so fancy. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to like build the most amazing things. And it really ended up being a mishmash of a lot of different roles because they didn't, it was a crappy agency and they didn't want to hire 
other people. Mm -hmm. So I did sort of build some websites, but I built them with a theme that the company had purchased one license for and was using that same install for every single client site. Oh, no. Um, So I learned a lot about debugging websites that crashed. (laughs) I learned a lot about, you know, um, you know, that kind of weird patchwork stuff that I didn't, I didn't know at the time was not the way you're supposed to do it. Um, And they didn't tell me, they were like, this is just how we do things. I'm like, okay. Um, uh, I did a lot of SEO writing. I did a lot of social media and lots of that kind of stuff. Um, So I ended up more as a intern slash secretary for you know, lack of a better word. Um, but I learned WordPress, right? Like that's the one thing that I really got out of it is I did learn how to, how to use and break WordPress. Uh, I learned how to install WordPress and I learned about hosting and all of the relationships between all of those things. Cause if you sit down and you just start writing HTML, that's not going to teach you about the way that your browser and your server and your domain are all connected to each other and all of that kind of stuff. So I got a lot of good foundational knowledge. Um, and I also attended my first WordCamp in that year in 2015 uh, because my boss got me a ticket so that I could come and take pictures of him <laughs> while he gave his talk. Um, but while I was there, he was like, okay, well, you know, in the times that I don't need you, you can go to talks and you can learn. Um, and the first talk, I will always remember the first talk that I ever saw at a WordCamp was given by Morton Rand Hendrickson, which is like, talk about like a tough act to follow. Mm. Like I was absolutely enchanted by, I mean him, because he's an awesome presence and orator and an, a brilliant person, but the, the, the concept in general of like speaking at a word camp was not something that I knew existed. Um, and it became this like goal for me of like, I want to know enough about this industry and enough about WordPress that I could then turn around and teach other people, because I think that that's just the coolest thing in the whole world. And it does complement my theater background. Mm. Um, I've been learning to speak in front of people coherently and charmingly since I was five years old. So I was like, this is perfect. I can combine all of these skills. Right. So I did end up leaving that agency um, in a very kind of sudden way. And I was just sort of left with like, okay, well, I have a year's worth of skills that I've acquired and I need to eat uh, so I can start making websites for people for a living and and freelance doing that. So I created a bunch of sites for friends and family to build a portfolio. And I joined a bunch of mompreneur Facebook groups uh, to start getting clients that way. And I wrote SEO articles on Fiverr for 10 bucks a pop and like just tried to do as many things as I could to, you know, learn on the go, but earn enough money to support myself. Um, And that just grew and grew as I got better and better. So by 2017, I felt equipped to apply to speak at WordCamp Miami because I was living in Miami at the time. And um, I was very on, I was not confident that I would get chosen. I was like, they're not going to pick me. Like I've only been using WordPress for like two years. Like why would they want me to speak? But they, they chose me. And I spoke about, oh gosh, what did I speak about? I spoke about how I manage my like how I project manage and like my processes for that, I think. Um, Don't look that up because I might be misremembering. (laughs) Um, But it was incredible. Um, And it gave me such a huge confidence boost. And I met so many interesting people. 
And in 2019, I spoke again at the same Horde camp and I really started um, investing in the community at that point because I didn't really know or understand the, the extent to which the WordPress community exists and how welcoming and wonderful it is. I just kind of thought, oh, this is just a group of really smart people that are smarter than me who are sitting up here and, and teaching for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, that year I started really getting involved in the community. And one of the things that I decided to do is I was like, I'm going to hang out on Twitter, like talking to other WordPress people for like 15 minutes every single day. And I'm going to just inundate myself. So my, my, um, activeness in the community was very intentional. I was like, I want to be here. And so one of the first things I did was I applied to speak on Michelle Frechette's podcast, WP Coffee Talk. Mm -hmm. And it was right when she started it. So I'm actually her very first guest that she had on that podcast. And through her, I learned about GiveWP and that they were hiring. And I was like, I'd love to work at a WordPress company. So I applied and I got that job there. And then after working there, I got a job um, doing support and community management with WP Buffs, which is an amazing company. Um, and I grew out of that position and I started what I'm doing now, which is a lot of kind of back to beginning sort of stuff uh, in terms of educational WordPress content. So my company, Bedia Productions, I do lots of other things too. Like I produced a horror fiction podcast last year just because I, I wanted a creative outlet and I wanted something to do and I had the, the skills to do it. Um, but a lot of my work right now is focused on specifically WordPress educational content. So I've been working with LinkedIn Learning. I've been working with Kinsta. I've been working with WP 101 uh, and a handful of other amazing people um, to continue to find interesting ways to marry my skills of theater and performance and production um, and WordPress, which was something that I relied on for a, a long time to build my own living. And so I've built up a lot of that foundational knowledge and I know what it's like to have to learn everything on the fly and be like, okay, I have a, a site that I have to present to this client tomorrow and I have to solve this problem. I need to find a video. I need to find a resource that's gonna give me the answer one, two, three and like, let me fix it. Um, so those are the people that I that I think about when I'm making a lot of this content. Mm. Um, I do a lot of other things within WordPress but that's that's my main like career path trajectory. And then all of the other stuff I do are just other things that I do because I want to. <laughs> that's the best reason to do things, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's a really interesting and nice like kind of uh, full circle uh, way to kind of take what you were doing before. Uh, take this, this, what was at a, a certain point in your life, a new thing, a way to make money and bring them back together into one yeah. sort of whole. Yeah. Um, so, and that's actually kind of another interesting thing to, to me that, that you come from a theater background. I graduated from art school. Yeah. Ooh. Also so, graduated from an art school. Yay, <laughs> art kids. <laughs> I wanted to be a filmmaker, found out really hard to become a filmmaker. Mm. So nobody hard. pays you to make short films. Also yeah. very hard to just, be an artist <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah hard. Uh, i um, also find it interesting that you found so many parallels between the arts and building a website in general or building an online presence and um i found very similar i even in figure drawing i found lots of the 
tricks I learned to kind of make a figure drawing start working halfway through related a lot closer to doing CSS than lots of the technical aspects of CSS. Yeah. So. One day I'm, I'm going to do a WordCamp talk on the parallels between theater and web development because I think it's it's so we think of like tech right and the arts as being these kind of like polar opposites or like STEM and the arts being these polar opposite things yeah. and they're so similar. Right. They're so 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 similar and there's so many yeah there's so many parallels there. I mean, coding even in general is 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 creative work, in my mm -hmm. opinion, and it's that's always been, you know, the foundation with which I approach it. Of course, because I went to art school. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, but in in you know in WordPress from the very beginning, that you know that little code is poetry tagline that mm -hmm. uh, kind of brings it back to that too. So interesting that us you know artistic kids have found a. Uh, found careers uh in the tech space uh by using this this open source platform but but yeah that's that's really your your story isn't it so let's let's go back to um let's go back to the beginning <laughs> let's let's talk about uh your experience a little bit uh at that wordpress agency or or rather I, i'm interested in you know you know you, you said that you you decided that you wanted to learn how to make websites what was that what was the impetus there is it just something that like at at that point in time you know i mean i guess at that point in time everybody's using the internet um so was it just the sort of thing where you you know were kind of interested in the inner workings of of, of websites at the time or you just kind of threw a dart at, uh, at a dartboard <laughs> It's a little mixture of both. It was, it was very much kind of throwing a dart at a dartboard because, you know, I was 20 or 19 and I just dropped out of college after, you know, being being on this college path for so long. And I was like, I need to find something to do, right? Like, I can't afford to like just hang out. Like, I, I have to find a job. And I didn't want a oh, I'm going to go work at Target sort of a job. Like I was like, okay, I need to, if I'm not going to build my career path in college, I have to build my 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 career path independently. Um, and it was literally just like thinking about, well, like what what are the the high paying career paths out there? And how, like, are there any that have parallels to what I already know how to do? And web design and development made just a lot of sense. Um, and it was, it was intriguing because being a millennial, being a child of the internet, like web pages are all I've known. Like I was one of those billions of kids who, um, did learn basic HTML through editing my, my space page mm -hmm. and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And I was like, man, there's a whole industry, a gigantic growing industry. You know, that's, that's what everyone older than me has, has been saying the past 15 years is like, oh, you know, the future is in tech. You gotta, kids have to learn to code, right? Like it's this huge push and this huge, huge movement right now. And so it just, it made a lot of sense for me to try to jump into that and see if it was something that I was interested in and good at. Um, and yeah, the more that I worked at it and the more that I found that, you know, web development is not just one thing, right? Like the, the, the industry of building websites is, enormous and varied and includes lots of different skill sets. So I don't have to, to know how to code in order to do that. I can use something like WordPress, which is whenever I'm trying to sell someone on WordPress, I'm like, 
do you want to build a site without having to learn to code? Well, if I got something for you, right? <laughs> like it's this, it's this amazing um, resource that enables you to kind of do both. Um, so yeah, it, it was less about like being fascinated by websites and more about like this, like logistically makes sense. And it is interesting to me, the more that I learn about it. And so I just stuck with it. Seems like the path to web development has maybe changed quite a lot. I obviously I'm, I'm a bit out of date at this point, you know, for me, it, it seemed it's a little bit similar, right? Um, just, I want to make, I mean, so in art school, I was actually trying to learn how to do code-based things. Um, so it was so it was a little more straightforward, I suppose, for me. But at the same time, there weren't courses teaching me how to do things in WordPress. It sounds like you were teaching yourself just straight up HTML and stuff out of out of books and then found WordPress as a way to kind of put those things together. Yeah, exactly. Now it's a lot of uh, boot camps, a lot of focus on maybe certain JavaScript frameworks. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but maybe no, there are still right. those people out there who just want to know what is this HTML thing? Yeah, I think so. Like it's yeah, I agree with you. There's a there's a different path to it for for everybody. Um, but that makes it so interesting. And that's what makes this particular community, I think, so diverse and fascinating is that we have people coming into it from like I barely know anybody that has like a computer science degree who works in WordPress. Like it's all, you know, a bunch of misfits who discovered. WordPress through one or another interest. And um, yeah, I think that's really cool. Also seems like you approach it from a um, a solution base and maybe us nerds that code a lot every day uh, kind of look at it like a technical feat. And then you're mm -hmm. looking at it more of like a, we're building an online presence. You're trying to achieve goals for your clients mm -hmm. and these uh, where maybe someone who codes all day doesn't think about that on the day-to-day. -day. Um, yeah. Could you maybe describe some of the tools you're using with WordPress, WordPress plus the tools on top of WordPress that can maybe kind of achieve some of those goals uh, that are not code-based? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I, I do approach everything from like a begin with the end in mind mindset, right? That is a, that is a theater thing. You literally start with a script, mm. right? Which is kind of the end. This is what you're going forward toward. Um, and then you, figure out through rehearsals and so on how to achieve what is here in front of you. Um, and so I think with web design, and so to be fair, I don't design sites that much anymore, right? Like it's been a while since I've actually sat down and, and built a site from beginning to end that wasn't for like a course purpose. But I guess even like for a course purpose, it's important to be like, well, I have to show, I have to have a page in which I can show someone these three blocks and how they work. So what is that, what would be a great page that would have that content on it that I can then build, right? Like, so you have to kind of work backwards all of the time. There aren't really a lot of tools that I use for that. Like I still just grab a pen and like sketch out wireframes and sketch out, okay, well, um, I need these three blocks. So I'll have one, two, three, or I'll have one, two, three with pieces in the middle and, you know, literally just sketching it out and then hopping into the block editor and building it <laughs> like a very lo-fi. I guess uh, so. It seems like you've your freelance and whatnot has really taken off around the same time as Gutenberg. And clearly, you've been in WordPress long enough 
for a time before Gutenberg, seemingly, uh, has Gutenberg completely revolutionized the way that you're able to communicate these ideas to your clients? In a way, like I think that Gutenberg makes, I think Gutenberg makes it a little easier, right? Because it's kind of this thing of, I can see what I'm doing as I'm doing it. And so that builds a little bit more confidence that it looks pretty right away. Um, especially with things like patterns and stuff like that. Like it looks pretty right away. And so like, oh, cool. I did something. Whereas before it's, it's like a trust the process sort of thing. Like you have to trust the designer and the developer that it is going to come out looking pretty in the end. Um, Mm -hmm. I think Gutenberg has been hardest on the people who've had to switch, right. Who have had to relearn what they've already known. Those are the people that hate Gutenberg, right. (laughs) It's not the new people. I'm trying to try to steer the conversation away from negatives, but yeah, yeah. I think that's where we're coming from also. And, and mm-hmm. kind of something maybe I'd like to get out of you is, you know, we're very much coming from a workflow where, you know, we show a design first and then there's a process, you know, it's basically a waterfall of like, Hey, what are the requirements, uh, create mm-hmm. a structure and then design it and then hand it off to a developer until the client gets it. And we're of course using Gutenberg to help get there, but um, it's less of uh it's more of a, maybe an older school uh, process where um, I personally don't even know how I would approach a client and be like, Hey, we're going to build your website. I can't show you exactly what it's going to look like quite Mm. yet. Like what does that workflow look like for you? How does that process? um, Um, So when I had clients, so I may not be able to answer this question the way that you want, because my timeline is like, when I was building sites for clients was pre Gutenberg. <laughs> um, but I would do something similar. Like I used Divi. That was my theme oh, of yeah. choice. Yeah. And so I would, I would cheat and I would build the site in Divi first, or I would yeah. wireframe it first, obviously, and then build it out in Divi because that was the way that my mind worked is putting these puzzle pieces together. And then I would screenshot it and be like, this isn't real. This is just a mock-up. Like this doesn't exist yet. And I would show that to them and get their sure. feedback. Yeah. And then that development phase that I would tell them about is actually me just like really tweaking, really fine-tuning, making sure that everything was responsive and so on. Um, and so I think that if I was designing sites for people now, I would probably use Gutenberg the same way where it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to build it. Um, and then show them the mock-up and anything extra that needs to be done on top of that can come later on down the road. Um, but it prevents you from having to go into Photoshop or, you know, something like that to build some kind of mock-up. You can give them something that is really true to what it's actually going to look like at the end of the day. Definitely something that we're, I mean, you know, we're using it uh, actively. It it always feels like there's still a transition, right. Um, happening. And even though Gutenberg has been around for four years now, um, and, and we've been using it to, to the fullest, um, even more and more on each project, honestly. Um, but it, it, it is interesting when, you know, you talked about your, you know, your old agency and, you know, using that single theme and doing things, you know, quote unquote, the wrong way. I wonder, you know, pre Gutenberg, how, how many of us were doing things the wrong way as, as a rule almost, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, just, uh, you know, it seems at that point that it, that WordPress was a way to code a website, insert things into places that could be editable, and that mm-hmm. was it. And now we're all kind of focused on, okay, here's how you how you're actually building pages and posts and content. Work with that system, and it's mm-hmm. you know, there, there's um, there's a learning curve, but I, I think it's 
but I think it's the right direction. Uh, but it's it's been tough. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Uh, I guess let's maybe flash forward a little bit to present day. How uh, how are you uh, creating educational materials for the end user around Gutenberg? Uh, and has that how does that influence how you make those? Uh, we, we're aware of your LinkedIn learning videos and etc. Uh, how how are you? approaching those videos for somebody who maybe has been familiar with WordPress in the past and is switching or maybe someone who's coming into WordPress fresh? Um, that's a good question. Right now I'm treating everything like, like there was never anything else. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. My, my, my sole persona for most of the people that I create this kind of content for is somebody who is coming in new or relatively new and they have to learn how to use WordPress as it is right now. Um, so I think I mentioned in my in my most recent LinkedIn course, I think I mentioned the classic editor like one time, like just as a way to be like, in the classic editor, this is what it looked like, but now you can do X, Y, Z, blah, 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 blah. And it's so much easier and faster um, just because I wanted to kind of give a little bit of a contrast. But yeah, I, I really approach it from like a Gutenberg first perspective because I think that that is the most basic foundational knowledge that you can have. And then if you decide, um, I don't like this, I want to use a theme, like a premium theme or a page builder, or I want to just learn how to do all of this from scratch, from code, then you can do that. But I think if you're going to do that, you have to know how Gutenberg works first. So, right. Like I don't do a lot of more advanced courses. Most of the things that I do, like the course I'm working on right now for LinkedIn learning is the WordPress essentials course, um, which talk about bringing things full circle, right? That course was initially created by Morton 10 years ago, and he's been maintaining it and updating it ever since. And he requested me to take over it for him. And I was just like, (laughs) this is insane. This is so cool. Um, Speaking Speaking of having to update, have you had any like Gutenberg rug pulls where you've been working on something and maybe something's <laughs> changed? <laughs> so, yeah, it's it, it's been a ch- it's been an unavoidable challenge, right? So, I finished writing that course. Was this March? I finished writing that course in like late January, right? And um, so once five point nine dropped, I was like, all right, I have to learn everything that's in five point nine, which is not a small amount of stuff, mm-hmm. right? Um, I have to learn this full site editor thing Mm -hmm. and incorporate that into the course because we literally have a chapter in the course called what's new in 5.9, which is updated with every release. So the next one will be what's new in uh, 6.0. And what sucks is that the course is not set to release until like May or something. So it'll release like two weeks after 6.0 drops, which means that as soon as it drops, I have to then, or as soon as 6.0 comes out, I have to then like, in like a couple of days, learn as much as I can about whatever is going to be in 6.0, which might mm-hmm. be a lot and might be nothing. Um, and then update the course to reflect that. So, which is just the timing of that really sucks. because <laughs> <laughs> People are going to be like, what do you mean? What's new in 5.9? 5.9 has been out for like six months. You're crazy. Uh, sure. Um, so yeah, it is a, a weird uh, kind of juggling act of trying to keep up with things that are coming out, but that's part of the the role that I particularly have with that LinkedIn learning course is keeping an eye on what's coming and, you know, preparing the course to catch up with things as they come out. But what I, so what is the, what does the learning landscape 
look like now? I, I, I'm far enough along, I suppose, in my career that I'm not, you know, going say to, to LinkedIn to, to, to find a, you know, an essentials course, particularly I'm deep into the source code or in the, you know, downloading the beta and, um, complaining with other people on Slack about how to, <laughs> how to do things. So, uh, you know, what is the landscape look like and, and what is, um, cause I know that WordPress too also has its own sort of official, you know, learn.wordpress.com, um, thing, but honestly, you know, to be perfectly honest, I haven't gone and looked at it yet. So, you know, what's, what's the role of, you know, that versus, you know, YouTube videos, LinkedIn learning, yeah, that kind of that's stuff. a good question. To be honest, I haven't looked too much at learn.wordpress.org either, um, or learn WordPress is what the thing we'll is call called. Um, I think it's an amazing concept and an amazing idea because it is easier for the folks who are making this content to uh, create content and release it more quickly. Um, so there's there's kind of a... a, a checks and balances or like a give and take or pros and cons of, of one or the other. Right. So going to learn WordPress, you can just like, I'm at the site right now. Um, you can just head to a recent workshop and, um, be like, Oh, adding a site tagline to block themes. I need to know how to do that. So let me click on that. And it's, you know, a seven minute long video that just teaches you the exact thing that you need to know. So if your education right now is kind of patchwork where it's like, all right, I, I know what I need to know to get by, but I need to learn this individual thing. I need to know that individual thing. Then I think learn WordPress is fantastic for that. Um, mm -hmm. especially as things change so fast, mm -hmm. with, uh, the block editor, we need things like that, that are going to be like, Hey, this setting that you used to know is now this. So here's how to use it. Um, for the, for my LinkedIn learning course, those courses are a lot more foundational. So the essentials course is like, I have a chapter on what is open source. Like, what does that mean? And why is it good for you? Right? Like, why does it benefit you to use WordPress because it's open source? Um, and then literally like, how do, what is hosting and how do you choose hosting and get that set up for yourself? What do you do when you come into the dashboard? Right? Like I insisted on having a whole chapter with multiple videos. That's just, okay, you've logged in. Now what? Look at all these buttons and menus, because that was for my clients, that was always the thing that terrified them is they were like, I don't want to log in because I don't know what to click and I'm going to break something. Overwhelming. Like, you, re you really won't like, I promise, <laughs> but I understand that fear. Yeah. Um, so I break down, this is what's everything in this sidebar. This is everything in this top sidebar. This is what all the stuff in the middle means. This is maybe where you want to direct your intention. These are things that you can just kind of ignore and leave alone unless you have to. And so my, as opposed to it being like patchwork knowledge, I'm looking at this as, you know, maybe you are a marketing person at a law, a law firm and they're like, Hey, we need a new website. Oh, we want you to use this WordPress thing to build it. Okay. Well, let me take, you know, two or three hours, go through this course, get all the basic stuff I need to know to put up a website that looks great and doesn't need to do a whole lot right? Like we're not reinventing the wheel. We're not building anything massive. We're building something basic. And then at the end I have, or throughout the course, but also at the end, I try to put in like uh, pathways to other knowledge. So it's like, do you want to learn more about securing the site? 
do you need to do more and you want to learn more about plugins, what plugins can do for you? Do you want to learn how to code? Like here's some JavaScript stuff, some PHP stuff, whatever. Um, and letting it be this sort of the, the center of the wheel and have all these spokes going outward. That's really what, how I tried to design it. And I think that um, a lot of other course platforms like OS training and WP 101 and those sorts of places, they do, they, I think they, they approach it similarly and like, let's provide foundational knowledge and let that be an on-ramp to learning so that people can build upon that with additional content and then supplement that with things like learn WordPress, which can be more, you know, specific and less, because it's like, if, if you want to teach someone something specific about, I don't know, plugin development, you don't want to have to go back and say, well, what's a plugin, mm-hmm. right? Like that's not the place for that. So things like my courses, that's the place for that. And then there's, I think, a place for the more specific knowledge that people need, like in the moment immediately, like I have to troubleshoot this and I need to find a way to do it. Um, does that answer your question? Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> That's yeah. Talking about the landscape. Um, so, so would you say that, uh, I guess this LinkedIn, you know, learning course in particular, do, do, would it, would that make sense for us as an agency to, you know, give a link to a client after we've uh, built a site for them? Like, is, is it, something for somebody who's, you know, uh, a client to, who's just going to use a WordPress site versus like somebody wanting to learn WordPress as a career. Yeah. I think, I think, I think both, I think both could definitely be helpful. Um, there's a whole video at the beginning, which is just like kind of how to navigate this course. And it gives it a breakdown of like what's in every chapter. So you can send the course to a client and say, okay, you don't need the chapter on, um, I don't know, plugins because you hired me for maintenance and I'm going to handle all your plugin stuff. But here there's a chapter on pages. There's a chapter on posts and there's a chapter on the block editor. Those can be, you know, you can direct the client and say, those are the three chapters you should learn and use. And, you know, we can meet afterwards and I can answer any questions, but like giving them that foundational knowledge that then they can refer back to, right? Like, I realized really quickly and um, that like a training session walkthrough mm-hmm. useful, but never enough. It definitely never not. Never <laughs> no. enough. Right. They never retain all that information. Never. It's a lot. Never, never. So I would do a walkthrough with them on a zoom call, but I would also, I would record that call and send it to them. And then mm-hmm. I would have like a PDF, mm-hmm. um, like your guide to your WordPress site that had all the basics, like I don't want to hear from you that you forgot your password. There's a very easy way for you to recover that. Please don't bother me about it, right? Like sure. all that basic stuff that they need to know. Um, and so, yeah, I think that this, a course like this or this course could serve as a good replacement for that sort of thing. Because there is a whole video about your your login and how to get it back when you lose it and all of that stuff. Um, and I mean, the production at LinkedIn Learning, like I just write, the courses and I record the audio and I have the visuals, but the folks at LinkedIn, like they edit it all together and they make it all really beautiful. Um, which is something you could learn how to do as an agency, but like if there's, if it already exists somewhere and yeah, it's right. beautiful and useful and somebody else has already done the work, like just refer it back to that. Yeah. We, we recently did a little bit of an overhaul on, on, you know, what we 
you know, what we give to our clients, uh, you know, after, after the site's built, part of the handoff process is they, they get a document. Um, and we've stripped a lot of, of the just general stuff out because we can link to, you know, WordPress documentation or potentially these videos, which might be even more user-friendly, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I need to take, take a look at those. Yeah. Uh, you said May, right? Yeah. Okay. I'll keep an eye on that. Um, <laughs> oh, trust but, me. I will not shut up about it. <laughs> I will be everywhere. Like everyone, look at what I did. I've been working so hard on this. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that, that document then focuses more on, okay, what, what are the custom things that we've built for that you part. in particular um, yeah. for this? And, and even that for us is changing a lot because of Gutenberg and that sort of thing. We've, we've just been talking recently about how, you know, maybe, maybe we focus less on creating completely custom blocks, you know, for certain things and instead rely even more on the core blocks and laying them out, you know, in, in certain ways and creating block patterns out of those. So then, you know, then our documentation becomes like, you know, everything in your site is created with all these blocks and they're, the theme is the design, right? It's, 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 you know, the rounded corners and the colors and all that sort of stuff. Um, but, and, but here, here's where like all those like fancy layouts and stuff are just click on that tab. Right. Block patterns. There we go. Um, we're, we're still navigating this (laughs) of course, but you know, um, we'll be looking out for your, your, your videos. Uh, so speaking, speaking of videos, um, media productions, um, so that's more than just right the LinkedIn learning courses and that sort of stuff. What are what are all of the services that 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 Bedia provides? Um, Bedia does a lot. I mean, on the website it says video editing, sound design, voiceover, and technical publishing services. Right. So that's I wanted to be able to provide. I wanted to break the cardinal rule of marketing and not just speak to one person. Like I wanted to be able to work with somebody. So for example, last year, my gosh, it's been a year. Last year, I produced a podcast with Christy Chirinos, who used to be at Liquid Web Um, and Codable, I think is where she went after that. Um, And we produced a podcast called The Open Source Economist because she wanted to talk about the economy of open source. And it was just me and her. She would record with a guest and she would send it to me and I would edit it and make it sound pretty and slap on an intro and outro and and ship it. Um, And that was really gratifying because I wanted to be able to work with people who had great ideas and had amazing, beautiful things to say, but maybe that barrier to entry for them was the technical portion, which for Chrissy necessarily wasn't necessarily, but it was easier on her for me to work with her. Um, so yeah, like removing that barrier for entry for creatives who have really great ideas and want to, you know, want to create a a video series about something or want to launch a podcast or something like that. And just don't have the time or the inclination to learn all the technical portions of it. Um, I also just really enjoy, um, like sound design for podcasts. Like, I feel like one of my ideal like bucket list things would be to like work at NPR or something Mm. and like produce one of their podcasts. Watch out NPR. They always sound so beautiful. Um, (laughs) And that was something I really got to explore with my horror fiction podcast that I mentioned earlier. Um, Oh, can you drop the name of that while you? Yeah, it's called Hysteria. Uh, It's a feminist. It's a it's a feminist work where it's six stories all written by women that are horror stories. Mm Um, and I had some actresses 
read them and perform them. And um, yeah, it was incredible. Um, but on the, on the flip side of that, you know, I am currently working on a enormous course for Kinsta hosting about WooCommerce. And I've been working on this course now for an absolute age and it's going to be gigantic. Um, and that's like the biggest contract I've ever had, like bigger than LinkedIn even. Um, and so I, I wanted this company to be able to provide support for projects for like enterprise level companies, but also just like a person with a cool idea who wants to produce something and needs help. Um, so yeah, if you go to bdaproductions.com to the portfolio page, you can see examples of, um, there's an example of Hysteria and there's an example of the Open Source Economist. And I had started a Dungeons and Dragons podcast with my husband, which I produced under, under this company. But yeah, I wanted to have something that really covered all of the bases. And um, yeah, I mean, it sounds like you have a, you maybe the 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 audience isn't super narrow focused and and maybe the actual product itself isn't necessarily super narrow focused either but but that in between it takes a while to figure that sort of stuff out and it's really uh, great to be able to you know say hey uh, i want to make this thing i don't know how to do it yet and maybe not i'm not interested in the learning curve so yeah <laughs> and i was i was really lucky that while i was at wp buffs part of my community management work was to um, put a bunch of our blog posts on YouTube and make tutorial videos through that con that existing content. Um, and that was really gratifying and I learned a ton. Um, I mean, the, the video, the first video I posted on that channel now has over a hundred thousand views, which is incredible to me. Um, so yeah, I was really lucky to be able to hone a lot of these skills um, like I did study film and editing in high school. Um, and a lot of that again, carries over into theater. And then mm. I got more experience doing it at buffs. And so I was like, okay, cool. I can, I think I can actually make something out of this on my own now. And, and, and you, you have, you have, you have a YouTube channel that you've been posting to recently. So yeah, it's a little, little side project. I haven't been able to keep up with it as much as I'd like to, but, um, I've learned very quickly that I really, as much as I love WordPress and I love this kind of work, I need, I need creative outlets that are not money-based um, that I can feel like I'm going to do this because it feels good and it's fun uh, and not because I have a contract that is forcing me to do it because that just sucks the fun out of a lot of stuff. Mm. My creative outlets are, are food-based. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Phil? Oh, I don't do anything for fun anymore. So. <laughs> I guess I rock climb, but it's been a minute now. So. That's fun. Well, speaking of what we do for fun, this is uh, one of the most oh, important questions that I'm asking every guest uh, before we end the show. I want to know what you are doing that has nothing to do with WordPress and has nothing to do with making money and everything to do with enjoying life maybe maybe with the focus on preventing or or uh lessening burnout perhaps i mean you're yeah. you're you're very um uh what's what's the word very productive person <laughs> but <laughs> you gotta you. sleep sometime you gotta have <laughs> some fun what are you doing oh i'm not nearly as productive as i as i wish i was um what do I do for fun? Jeez. Oh no, she has um, to think about it. <laughs> I mean, so I do do things for fun. My main way of, of preventing burnout is just having really strict boundaries. 
of when I'm going to work, when I'm not going to work, where my work exists. So I don't have any work stuff on my phone. I don't have Slack or email or Twitter or anything like that on my phone. My phone is just for Instagram and texting my friends and like pictures of my cat and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and I think that alone has really helped me. Um, I have recently started learning how to quilt, which is like kind of a family tradition that I'm picking up um, later in life, despite my mom's best efforts to teach me when I was younger. Um, I play a lot of video games with my husband. So I've been mm. playing the newest Pokemon, um, which I hated Pokemon up until this game. So if you've ever hated Pokemon, I highly recommend this new game, Arceus, because it's amazing. Uh, I've been we started... watching my wife playing. Play. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, I just started playing Elden Ring, mm. which is... I've put a lot of hours at Elden oh, Ring. Oh, geez, it's kicking <laughs> my butt. My husband... I'm not very good. His One of his favorite, favorite games of all time is Bloodborne, which is mm-hmm. uh, made by the same people. And I tried playing Bloodborne and I couldn't get past the first five minutes. It was way too hard. Elden Ring is a lot more accessible. Um, so I'm having, I'm having fun, but it is still kicking my butt. Um, I really enjoy taking care of my my plant babies. Oh, yeah. My house is absolutely full. Every surface I can light in my apartment has a plant on it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really it. I mean, I've I I moved to Austin about six months ago, and I was so excited to take advantage of all of the like fun things that Austin has. Because um, Austin is a very kind of let's go out and do X sort of a town, um, but pandemic so a lot of those things are uh not in existence anymore or a little too dangerous for me like this past weekend was um um south by south by southwest Mm -hmm. which is a big like festival thing for anyone listening who doesn't know it's like a music festival i think there's a tech portion and there's a movie portion like there's all kinds of stuff that's going on and a bunch of my friends went and i was just like i don't really that sounds like just a petri dish like i i'm a little too nervous to like I don't have time to be sick so yeah plus um, you know some some holidays for some of us are coming up where we want to be able to see our families without being sick either so exactly yeah. so yeah those that's I feel like I, I sound like such a boring person no but... no no <laughs> yeah those, that's mostly what I do for fun and just and sleep I try to get as much sleep as I can ah, sleep is great some great answers yeah <laughs> I find that I uh at night I my brain doesn't want me to go to sleep. It wants to keep mm. doing stuff, but, but I definitely enjoy the actual act of sleeping. Same. Great. <laughs> All right. I don't know, Phil, if you wanted to throw any extra questions well, at the end. I think we've covered everything. Yeah. Uh, and much more that I thought we'd get into. So I appreciate <laughs> your time. This has okay. been a really fantastic conversation. I appreciate you walking us through this, this whole this whole winding journey of yours and and what sort of WordPress has uh, has meant to 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 your career. Um, there's so many other questions we we could have asked about it, but <laughs> I think we're running out of time, so we're unfortunately going to have to end it. So uh, before we do, though, um, you know, where can folks find you? Obviously, we know about you know BD Productions, but where else are you at? What's your what are your handles? Yeah, I'm mostly on Twitter, uh, Allie underscore Nimmons, N-I-M-M-O-N-S. It's like Simmons, but it's supposed with an N. It's an oh, like it. Um, and yeah, AllieNimmons.com is just like my website where I put all my crap and um, I have a blog, which I update sometimes and a newsletter, which goes out like oh, every three or four weeks. Um, 
There's a link to my YouTube channel there. Yeah, like the AllieNimmons.com is a good hub for all of the other things. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you uh, very much for being on the show. And uh, I don't know. We'll 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 let you know when <laughs> <laughs> when things are uh, coming out. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. That's all for this episode. Thanks very much to Allie for taking the time to chat with us. Be sure to follow Allie on Twitter at Allie underscore Nimmons and check out those updated LinkedIn learning resources coming soon in May. She is also on the organizing team for WordCamp US 2022 happening in September. And she recently spoke at the WP Career Summit. We'll be back again next month. Check the episode description for links to things we mentioned in the show. And don't forget to send your questions, thoughts, and fan mail to podcast at blackbird.digital. You can also find us on Twitter as in the loop underscore WP. If you're interested in having a WordPress website custom built, or you want to join a team that does that, head over to our site at blackbird.digital and drop us a line. Thanks for listening to In The Loop. See you next time.